coming up in this episode of the Keek Cast, we stand up for the letter E, an interview with Ben Cope about his Sakura board game project, and we make your home a little smarter. So sit back and relax. It's time for the Kick Cast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the Kick Cast. I am KT Data, and joining me is a man who has earned the title of professor, but he has so far exceeded it that he needs a different title. Everybody, <laughs> Master Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, Drew? Very good. I'm glad you worked that in there. I, I Often my students will try to call me doctor just because they, they don't know how much money I haven't paid. And so <laughs> I tell them, no, 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 I only have my master's degree, so you can call me Master Drew. And once in a while, somebody will pick it up and take it and run. So yes, I'm happy to be called Master Drew. I, I, I love it. I had an English teacher that actually... Um, Told all the students, I have a master's degree. I'm allowed to make English words. You should, you should, you pull, pull something else. Like I have a master's degree. I am allowed to name techniques. There is a Drew Tyler technique out there of editing. I should, I should. Yes, I have paid my money because that's all I really did was pay money and go to more classes. So <laughs> yes, I need something. And it just seems, it seems pompous to put like M A at the end of my name. PhD. Nobody has you know no questions. Cause... Plus M A stands for medical assistant. So you're going to confuse people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Hey, good to be here. I'm excited. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. So if you guys have never seen the KitCast before, what Drew and I do is we go out, scour the interwebs of all these different crowdfunding projects, and we come back and show you the coolest ones or the best ones or the most useful ones out there. Sometimes the ones that that makes us laugh. Yeah. And we let you know if you should back, track, or sack them. So um, before we kind of jump into that, how about we jump into the news? Um, Love the news. This is not actually really crowdfunding related but i had to mention it because you know people are gonna be asking about it and that is facebook buying oculus rift for two instagrams that it's <laughs> i like the way you put that two, two billion, billion dollars with a b on there wow. um wow. and people were kind of a little bit angry about it and i couldn't see why because the people were talking about like oh why why in the world did they sell out and everything and i'm just going you hey, got what you paid for. Yeah, um, they fulfilled the whole thing. We helped this small company get started up, and we're right. we're good to go. So, people are kind of up in arms. But I found this article really, really interesting on Mashable. It's called the forty thousand dollar T shirt, <laughs> Oculus Rift and ownership in crowdfunding. So it mentions a little bit about crowdfund about um, the Oculus Rift, but it then it goes into what is really interesting is equity crowdfunding. Um, for you guys actually wondering what in the world is that. Currently, right now, um, you notice that on Kickstarter, on Indiegogo and stuff, you cannot get a share of the company right, when right. you're doing that. And that is because of some laws that don't allow you to do that. Um, but the Jobs Act that was passed a couple of years ago actually is kind of opening the way to allow people to actually essentially crowdfund. So own a little piece of the company by donating smaller amounts um, before you'd so, have to have like tons of money to do this. Right, I was going to say, because that goes into the realm of angel investors and, and you know, series A investors and all that kind of stuff. And so I just wonder like if they allow and have opened the way for crowdfunding investors, do you get to be like an imp investor? I mean, what's smaller than an angel investor? Yeah. Cause it's like, it, I'm not sure how I feel about this whole process of or this whole like idea that somebody could buy stock and shares because if you think about it, as as that article points out, of fifty eight thousand something projects on Kickstarter, the Oculus is is one that yes did very well as a Kickstarter and now has been sold. And so to me, it's like 
why go through that hassle? And and believe me, I think anytime you you go with a startup and you're trying to build a project, the Kickstarter is like that proof of concept. Get it out there, get people to kind of support you so you can see it through. But anytime that you're going to go into that with the idea that people are, you want to offer shares of the company, uh, for me it just seems like you're farsighted, far too farsighted. Uh, I don't know. There's, I think it makes sense for a small smidgen of projects that may have a, that that potential for large net profits, but but people are buying into the project and the idea, and if they want to be investors, they they should be going through some other channels. That's my take. Yeah. Um, to to me, I've I've always looked at these crowdfunding projects as I'm helping a guy who's had a dream and. You know, they right. just need a. They need some financial backing to do it. I mean, I've been there. I, I've I've known like to put together this whole podcast and everything starting from scratch. It you know it takes some green. You're a dreamer. It, you know it might it might not take a lot of green, but it still takes some green. And we we should know. have taped our our conversation <laughs> from last Saturday night. When we were talking about money for this and money for that, and I looked over at the other guy and I was just like. Yeah, I'm just happy to buy shoes for my kids. Yeah. right. I mean, you have put some money into this thing. Yeah, and, and it's all calculated to the point where now I'm probably going to eat ramen noodle, noodles for the rest of my life. But, <laughs> but okay, that's a sacrifice that you're willing. <laughs> let's go with it. And yeah, I I don't know why people are so worried about this because there's so so many small companies and not a majority of them don't get there. I mean, Oculus has done it. Um, Pebble has done it. That's kind of got right. big. Um, and then I wouldn't even count Veronica Mars. There, no, no, they, they had they had the backing of a tele of a movie studio to kind of pay the rest on there. So, um, they're like I you know I I, I see it as a good starting platform, but I can't see it as like I, I'm I don't know if I would be able to go into another site because I know Kickstarter will never do it because that kind of goes away from that indie um kind of feel that they want to push out there. But going to another website and saying, hmm, company A right here that looks like something that I really want to invest in. And could you learn enough about that company in just, you know, right. one web page? I, I would be right. a little worried about people who could do that and they're not professional venture capitalists or anything like that. Exactly. And anytime that you're playing with stock shares, it's just, it's just going to get messy. If you don't find if you don't take that project anywhere farther, how many people are going to complain because they didn't get something for that share? I, it's, there's just, if you are serious about investing, you should be looking elsewhere. Jobs Act or no, you should be looking elsewhere to become an investor, not Kickstarter. And if it is Kickstarter, you should be then maybe going through the back door and talking to the founders and saying, hey, I've got 20 grand. This is what I want for it. Not, I got $20. I want to anyway i want like a tenth of a share of the company right uh, yeah. yeah 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 all right so now we're now we're, we're kind of done with that this is the important news story the super super important news story that, that kickstarter <laughs> i've just out. been handed yes. an urgent news yes. release stop the, what you're doing this this like i was floored on this so kickstarter has decided to go back to its roots and drop the E in Kickstarter. So it's now K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-R, all Web 2.0 on there. Right, yeah, they, just, 2.0. they just surreptitiously cut out that E, just sent them hit the road, Jack, um, for know. no apparent reason. So I am taking a stand here, Drew. I think you should. Here, here at the KickCast, we are going to adopt an E into our name. If they're so, going to drop an E, we should pick yeah, up the E. We, we are picking it up because I feel like the E was 
not they didn't give it a chance you know it was the, almost five years and they changed it three years ago it had a chance to grow it, it seemed to be working everybody seemed to like it yeah i don't, I, I really I don't know why they decided to do it so now the kick cast will still be the kick cast but you can say it with a cool european accent like the geek cast ah uh, that's where the that, e's going geek cast yeah that's where we're adding in the e because if we I, put the e at the end it would have been like cast with the silent e and then it would be like we have to go into India or something. Yeah, um, but but I liked Jeez. it, and our our wonderful intern over there kind of updated all our logos and stuff. So you should okay. you guys should check it out and see the amazing Photoshop job that they did to put the E back in. But well, I am I'm taking a stance for all these vowels because apparently the internet right now is just they they've they've rampaging against vowels. They've just been dropping left and right now. Where uh, you know we need them. We need vowels. People spell ready now. R D Y. What, a, what? I mean, these vowels—they're losing jobs. I mean, you it, could you could read that and think it said rowdy. I mean, vowels do things for you. Yeah, I mean, is, isn't that the whole point of Kickstarter? Is helping the little guy? Now we're cutting out the little guy. There's only six of them out there. So I mean, why would you do that? Shame. So crying shame. That, that's why now the Keek Cast is going to stand strong. It's going to cost us more data, and it's probably going to use more ink when you print anything. <sighs> but I'm going to take that hit. Because I'm standing up for E and the rest of the vowels. And we got an intern out of it, so yeah. Geek cast it yep. is. All right. So how about we jump into our first project? Our first Ready. project is actually a special one right here. We actually have an interview. And away I'm excited we go. for this. All right, Drew. For our first project of the night, we actually have a special guest. That's, um, I love I, these. That I actually I met him at uh, the Salt Lake Comic Con last year, and he had this like amazing board game right here. So let's introduce him. Um, everybody, this is Ben Cope welcome, from welcome. Uh, Sakura. How are you doing today, Ben? Hi. Doing great. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. We like like I love it. Um, you actually have the kind of the trifecta of things that i enjoy is that one you have a kickstarter project two you're from it's a utah based kickstarter project that's something i love and and three it's board actually board games games, and then it's japanese based which is four i apparently i can count um (laughs) (laughs) on there so i i'm like super excited about this so how about you kind of start start this off by uh telling everybody what your project's about so this is kind of a crazy a crazy happenstance. I've been a, a, a board gamer my whole life, but um, as far as designing a Kickstarter project that it didn't hasn't entered into my mind until last year, this idea just came to me for this board game, and it all just locked into place. I, I, I was in a conversation with my wife. I'm like, hold on one second, and I went to the computer, type, 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 type. Seven pages later, I have this idea for um, for Sakura, <laughs> and it's just gone light speed since then i've had friends who are uh kickstarter uh veterans and uh, manufacturing uh, connections with china it seems like everything is the stars are aligning for this board game to happen um yeah that, it, it is way cool so can can you explain to people at home a little bit um how or what sakura actually is so it's a uh resource collection and uh an army building game for two to four people um we want it to be quick, so it's playable in about uh, I don't know, fifteen to thirty minutes. Uh, you start off with these uh, with, with a modular map that you that you build, and then you have a city. Um, you have uh, rice patties, and you have uh, you know you just basically have to manage your resources. You 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 
in a, in a simple way, kind of you, you have iron from mountains, wood from uh, forests, and you just use all these to build your army. You build peasants and then foot soldiers, then samurai, and you go out and attack people. Um, yeah, and I love this idea of it and how you have the mo- board modular and everything because um, it, it, cause one thing that I've kind of found going through a lot of these projects is that you don't you don't have um you like you're you're set to a number of people say you know the board doesn't really grow with it and this one I love how you can actually grow the board when you have more players in there or you can shrink it down for you know a smaller group on there um like where did you come up with the an idea on to make something this so dynamic cuz it's so different from a lot of board games that I've kind of seen out there I wish I could tell you but that that whole idea of the modular board was one of the original inspirations that was just bam you got to do it so i mean it's it's nice because uh well i got a map right here you know say you have a one you know a two-player game kind of kind of hooks up like that and then if you have a three-player game then you know it connects on top of that and then four-player game it's uh i don't know it's it, it makes it more balanced i'm huge into game balance i want uh i want when you play this game for it to feel fair uh feel like um, if you have a good strategy, you're gonna you're gonna do good, and so everything in the game is designed to bring that to you with simplicity and uh, and just help you have a fun a fun gaming experience. No, what gets me is that this is a game that you have that you say you can play in under thirty minutes, and I, you know, having I I guess I I play a lot. I wouldn't say I'm totally an avid board gamer, but I play a lot. And when I go to my the sister's house to play, they play tons of games. We sit down to Settlers of Catan, and my wife kisses me goodnight because it's going to be four hours. So tell me how this happens to be, uh, you know, how, how do you get that gaming experience in that short under 30 minutes? We do it by eliminating player elimination. Uh, ah. I, love, I love risk, but if I'm, if I'm trying to take over Europe and I get wiped out in the first 10 minutes, I, I don't want to sit there for the next hour watching people play. So I didn't want a game with player elimination. So even if there's four players in the game, the rules state that the first person to successfully capture another city wins the game. So it's kind of a lightning fast uh, uh, rush in the beginning to go attack, build up, go and attack, and be that first person to take the other city. And then game over. Uh, so that's how, that's how a two-player game lasts about as long as a four-player game. And you can plan on playing a couple games in an evening, develop your strategy, and I don't right, know, go right. I just like that. I like that idea. I just, I mean, that that to me is unique. Is to have a board game of this of this style that's just fast. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. There there's sometimes that I'm in the mood for sitting down for two hours and playing a game, and a lot of times, not so much. And and depending on where you are with with life and other things, like my wife and I, bet we I bet we'd play Catan if we didn't have kids that would you know get in the way every twenty minutes. So this is ideal. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I, I've loved kind of the growth that you've taken through this process i mean because last time we talked was probably about six months ago on, on there um can you kind of tell us how how you you how you grew this from just that those seven pages into um what you have right now that you're actually offering on the product project um a lot of sleepless nights uh, my goodness i i i kind of went about it the wrong way I had my grand scheme, and I tried to write it down and then tailor it down from there to a game. Um, but really, uh, really, that's an inefficient process. What I should have done is start with a basic idea, like attack somebody, uh, build up an army and attack, and then grow from there so you can uh, 
th these are things that I've learned in the board gamers uh, and and uh, the board game designers guild of Utah, where the the design is so important. But anyways, long story short, it took a long time and probably rewriting the rule book almost entirely about 20 times over to get it where it's at. And when we met back in November of last year, uh, it just wasn't ready yet. We, we had planned on launching the Kickstarter at that time, and I just wanted the most solid rule book, the, a really fun game. It, it wasn't there yet, and so we've waited until now to launch. And that's the other thing that I really noticed with this project. When you pull the project up and you look at it on Kickstarter, one of the amazing things is that uh, for only having launched, uh, what, two days ago? I think you said Friday night that you launched? Yeah, fr Friday night at midnight. So just, just looking at that and then going in and saying that you already have 228 backers, you already have nearly, well, over half of your, of your goal. Uh, that's something KT and I talk about all the time on the show is, is how to get that traction running. Before you even pull the trigger on, this, on the Kickstarter, you've got traction. So I'm curious as to, to where you found the backers before this launch time. Uh, good question. That, that's something that's kind of the, you need to be in the right time in the right place. Uh, any, any Kickstarter uh, person is going to hope that people pick them up and, and, and look at them. But in our case, of course, you have your family members and your close friends uh, buying the game, but that's not going to fund a project. Um, we just, we're reaching out to communities like Board Game Geek. Uh, we're going to local board game stores like Board Game Revolution in Orem. And uh, just spreading the word, trying to get, trying to get everybody to know about this, play test it hundreds of times, and 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 we're hoping that that's going to drive the momentum. And I, I think I think you've got it. I mean, anytime I look at a project and I see that it has that many people on board that quickly, it tells me that not only has the market research been done, but that it almost like it validates the project before it even gets to a funded a funded state. So uh, that's that's an impressive feat. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, um, and then I had another question. So where in the process are you right now? Are you just ready to kind of pull that trigger with all your different distributors and your suppliers to get this all put together right now? Or where in that kind of process are you set? Because I've seen projects start from just the idea that somebody scribbled onto a napkin to somebody who's like, yeah, once we get this money, we're just telling everybody it's time to go. For me, I, I believe that Kickstarter should be a place for um, – Perhaps not to sell a product that's already made. You know, we don't have a warehouse of these games, and we're not just looking for an outlet to sell them. We're looking for backers to help build this from the ground up. Now, that's not to say we haven't planned for any of this. We we have already submitted uh, game design at, uh, to several board game manufacturers, and we have quotes. And so, in that sense, we're ready to pull the trigger. But depending on how many backers we get. Uh, will tell us where we need to go. Do we need to go with a large distributor, large manufacturer, um, or keep it local, you know, do, do a lot of things by hand? Um, our, our, my main beef is to make it professional, make it awesome. Uh, but other than that, just wait to see how many backers we get to determine where we need to go. Um, yeah, and I, I have to say, um, the one thing that I, I actually probably knew this six months ago when you were demoing the game out there, but your um, heirloom edition um, that we're, I'm showing right here. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm sure you're yeah. already, you're already uh, back. In yeah, I, I, I'm just telling you, you're at 228 backers right now. I can almost guarantee you after this show, it's probably going to be at least 229. And one of these is probably going to be on the ticker on there. Because like, seeing it in person, like I could tell how much detail you put into it and how much work. And it, it didn't feel like something that 
you kind of just picked off the shelf somewhere and put together, but you, you like took the time and made it perfect. And I, I'm like, I, I was blown away with, with it and the quality of it right there. And it's probably gotten even better between, between when I saw it too. Absolutely. I mean, this, the heirloom editions are blood, sweat and tears. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty much handmade, hand designed, but made by the box is made by a local craftsman in the Provo area. Um, the Japanese kanji or character that's on the top is is custom uh, custom made by a, per, a, a Japanese professor at BYU. I mean, we're really trying to go all out on this heirloom edition. And frankly, the res- the reception has been amazing. We sold out of all 20 of our heirloom editions in like 30 hours. And we're like, well, maybe we'll sell five or six for the really hardcore gamer who, who wants to a piece of that, uh, you know, that, that beautiful uh, game. But really, people are seeing how beautiful it is. And it's a tribute to, you know, the craftsman, the craftsmanship and just how it's all come together that it's, that it's selling out like that. We had to open up 40 more. We were originally going to do 20. And now we opened up 20 international and 20 domestic uh, just to keep up with the demand of these heirloom editions. Oh, crap. I really got to jump on this yeah. <laughs> on there. Um, so if if so, um, what is one thing that you want to tell any creator out there if they're planning on doing any kind of crowdfunding project, what would be one piece of advice you want to would you would want to hammer into their head and make sure they follow? Oh man, just one piece of advice. I could give you an earful uh, from what I've learned over the past year, but um, probably the number one thing is um, is just throw throw your heart into it. People will people will see that you care about what you're doing. And I, I don't think anybody doing a game like this, we're, we're not in it to make a quick buck. We're in it because we want to share a great idea. It's, this has been my life for the past year. I love it. It's, it's so much fun. And I, I guess I'm just riding that wave, having a ton of fun. And, uh, and you got to keep that in mind. You can be bogged down with numbers and, and statistics and financing and all this other stuff. Just, just have fun with it. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah, that is great advice. Drew, do you have any more questions for Ben? Um, when do we get to play test this again? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a very limited amount of uh, uh, demos, the demo copies that we're sending out. Um, and for people who can't get their hands on those, we have a couple of print and plays that we're releasing uh, as our beta testers. Um, but yeah, it, we'd love to play with you. Dude, we should just, Drew, let's just road trip down to Provo. It's not that it's, far for it's a... Not that yeah. far. It's not that far. <laughs> are you going to be... Uh, well, are they going to be at Fan Experience, or are they doing... I know that they're trying to try to separate your games from their fandom, but will you be there? At where? At Fan Experience in April, the Comic-Con April style? No, no, we're not going to be able to be there in April, uh, just traveling and schedules. At least I'm not going to be, but there's a couple of the members of the team that I'm really crossing my fingers will be there with the booth, playing the game, you know, getting the word out. Okay, so if, if you're there, I, I think we'll come and, and find you. So I'll let you know. Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, so Ben, before we let you go, um, how about you tell everybody, um, just give one final plug for Sakura. So Sakura, awesome game. I am biased. I made the game, but <laughs> it's fun. I playtested it hundreds of times with other people. It's, uh, it, it, it's a fast, fun, competitive game without player elimination, you're going to be done in 30 minutes. You're going to want to play it again. 
Yeah, and it's amazing. And if you guys are interested, just head on over to Kickstarter and search for Sakura, or of course, you can find it on uh, kickcast.net and our show notes on there. Um, ben, thank you so much for um, just get it, coming in on and talking to us. We love talking to people um, about their projects, especially people who are super, super passionate about it, and I can tell. And um, like, uh, thank you so much. Makes it fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys' time, and uh, have a good one. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Drew, was that not a great interview? Very good. Uh, I love it when we have people on that can talk about yeah. the book. behind-the-scenes kind of feel. Yeah. yeah, thanks again to Ben. Um, that was a great interview, and I've already backed the project. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, there. So, how about, Drew, let's go on to our next project of the night. Uh, Beauty. Some, some nice, interesting furniture. Yes, this here is a great, a great find of mine I found on Indiegogo. This is called Smart Furniture for Small Houses. And the premise is simple. In a house, you need to have furniture and places to put things, i.e. cubby holes or bookcases, that kind of thing. And you need furniture. Tables, plants, plants, tables, chairs, uh, and things of that nature. And so the smart bookcase here has the, the all of the stuff that you need for your, almost like a dining room set or a place to have people sit when they come over. It's all tucked away into the bookcase. So for me, this is like an Ikea puzzler, you know, like, hey, welcome to my house. Let me pull out my table. It's right here in my bookcase. Oh, hey. So I love the idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. Um, I have a lot of questions about the project as a whole, but to me, there's something just really granular about um, the person launching the project. Um, he's, he's from Georgia. They used to be part of the Soviet Union. Um, the building's really small and uncomfortable. He has a really tiny kitchen. So as a woodworker, he decided to kind of come up with this idea. But I, I think um, just the need is out there. I just lived in small apartments. I live in small places. I know that you live in a small place, KT. Yeah, well, actually, I, I live in a fairly sized house. It's just the studio is really, no. really small. So like I could not fit a second person into the studio. So this kind of stuff is amazing. And... It, the video got me because I'm watching like, okay, it's it's a it's a it's a shelf and it has colorful shelves. Okay, why in the world did Drew sh- show me this? And then they pull out the table. I'm like, what? It's just neat. I don't, you know, I I think I I love the idea. And uh, well, I have you know questions like it's been up for a couple of days and it only has a dollar backing it. Uh, you know, in the way we talk about projects and and how they how they fund and how they get traction before they fund, we've talked about that. Um, I just wonder. Um, if there's a team, you know, if if this guy had a team, or if he had more people interested before he hit go, or if this was more of a, eh, I'm, you know, I'm a personal goal. I'm going to make one of these if I get enough people that want to help me. Um, this is a flexible funding, so he'll get everything regardless of whether it fully funds or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I I love the I love the idea. I love the color, and I I wouldn't mind having a a, a small book bookshelf slash chair. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, so that way you can have a tea party with all your little girls around right. there, and there, and I, I love it. I would put it in their playroom. I would totally put it in their playroom because then, way uh, you know, cleanup time means floor can be cleaned up. Yeah, and then you're 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 actually slowly building the muscles because they have to lift the chair up and <laughs> have life 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 version of Tetris, yep. which is yep. awesome too, uh, in such another level. Um, Teach him puzzling. Yeah, I, I love it, and I love how he made everything so modular so because he shows you different configurations that they can be in Mm -hmm. um it's great and like the only thing i'd be worried about is like the actual size of the chairs because i'm I'm a tall dude on there right Um, but that's the only thing i would worry about that um 
on there, but I, I I love the idea on here, and yeah, I'm surprised that he doesn't have more I, of a backing on there, and his goal's a modest goal too. It is. It's, and it's I, only eighteen hundred dollars. So it's, he wants it's, to be able to build. I think he said he wants to be able to build four of them, and they cost him material wise, they cost him about four hundred dollars a piece or something like that. So he was. It's it's modest. It really is, and I'm hoping that um, he's working hard to put it out there, and he hasn't just hit go. And you know he's going to let it yeah. fall apart. I hope he's out there trying to hit you know hit the pavement and try and get some people to yeah, back it. Because I, like I I love this idea and uh, we're do, we're we're trying to help him out because this is a really cool idea. These are the projects that I love to kind of feature is because you can't you would never be able to find them else elsewise because right. it's such a mess out there. Um yeah and like go help this guy out. This is kind of cool furniture. He's trying to be as transparent as possible too because I know some of these guys who won't tell you how much it costs, but he kind of laid that yeah. out and like yeah. like yeah. You want to help? Um, and yeah, I love this idea. So, Drew, is this a back tracker sack for you? This one is 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 probably a track for the for the higher levels, but I would back at that twenty five dollar level because even then, there's this cool little shoe storage thing that he's throwing in. So, I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm back track. Yeah, this this one is definitely a track for me because if you guys need furniture, this is the thing. I mean, seriously, if you look in the studio right here, I barely can move without hitting some kind of gear or something like that. <laughs> so I have, I'm surprised that's, you're not like sitting I, on your mixer or something. I could be, but that, actually, that's the reason why I sit on exercise balls because I never could fit a normal chair where I am right now. <laughs> nice <laughs> on there. Nice. So, so that is the smart furniture. All right. So our our, our last thing is another home improvement thing. I, I think we're kind of getting a theme going on here. <laughs> um, but ha, Drew, have you ever had this happen? You know, you and your wife go out to the grocery store. Um, go buy a whole bunch of groceries. Costco, Costco is dangerous because yes, um, you know you got to buy everything in bulk and it's all great. Um, and and then every other month I'm buying toilet paper and paper towels and those yeah. things are massive. Yeah, and the only reason that you feel comfortable doing that is because you look over and there's like four other guys carrying around a giant roll of toilet paper. Yeah, yep, it's okay. But, yeah, so you're walking into the house. It's pretty late now. Um, on there and. Your hands are full with your groceries, and you try to hit the light switch. So you, you kind of try to do the elbow. Like, what do you do? I try to do the elbow thing. I, I've seen people try to do the nose thing. I've, mm-hmm. I've even heard people trying to like use their tongue, which is a, l- Dangerous. a little bit unhygienic for me. But um, <laughs> whatever I, works. Yeah, what I'm carrying, I always carry sleeping kids into the house, and so uh, we. I put in rocker plates, rock, rocker panels, just mm-hmm. because I'm elbowing them. Yeah, and but you're still kind of trying to eye it, especially yep. if it's super dark. Yep. So. The last project of the night is actually called the Ion Magic, or Ion, and what it is is a um, plate or a replacement wall plate for your switch, and it actually uses a capacitive proximity switching. So it's kind of like how your phone does it, where you know you're touching glass, but it knows where it is. So it's emitting kind of a field on here. What they did was crank up the switching field on there. So you don't have you don't have to be touching the glass. You can just be in the area and you can wave around, and that will actually turn on your light. Um, and so it, it's it's also there's a microcontroller in there that's Wi-Fi enabled, so you can actually um, hit that and you can control like how how bright you want things. Or um, and then one of the things they kind of mentioned, which I think was neat, was that you can actually even program the light switches in your house if you have a whole bunch of these to turn on randomly so it's not on in a pattern and it looks like you're home at night so burglars are like i'm not gonna go there somebody you know the lights on light turned off right there you know now they're in the bedroom or something like that and it's <laughs> not, it's not a pattern so they're they can't they can't really tell you're not home 
This is good. This yeah. is good. I like the idea. I think it's a really kind of a, 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 a neat and interesting addition to the smart home idea. I mean, you know, I have a Nest. I love the idea of having, you know, being able to control things with my phone. This is, uh, you know, switches. That's one thing to say, you know, hey, we can make you control your light switches from your phone so you can turn things on and off. But just that proximity, and they show this in the in the uh, video a couple of times, just to be able to, like, wave your hand on something, make make things happen by just ease. Ease. Yeah, um, and, and, and I, I like it, too, because he has even some unorthodox methods on doing this. Like, he put the actual right, switch right. under a table or something, and what happens is the switching field, it is actually amplified by conductive material. So if you put something metal on there, it will actually increase the field and turn it into that. So say you have a lamp on there, but it's not a touch lamp, so you got to reach under the little shade and flip it on and stuff right there. What yep, you can yep. do is hook it up to one of these switches or put it over the switch on there, and you can just tap it, and it turns on the light. So it becomes a touch light. Um, he did it with a majority of things, even a fishbowl um, filled with water. You guys are like, wait, how does that work? Water is actually slightly conductive. So that actually is why it, it does that, and it, it's really cool. So there's different applications that you could do. I could imagine this um, putting it under a couch or something, under the seat cushion, and then when you sit down, it turns on the TV. When you get <laughs> off, it turns off the TV. Think about it. Think about it. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, you know, um, there, there's all these creative things that you could do about about those things. Um, and, and I love how versatile it is. Um, the only thing that I'm a little concerned about, and it's something that I'm concerned about anytime, is that I have to snip wires around my house. And right, let's just say me and electricity and bare wires just we don't work well together. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, the thing I like about it um, that I do, I really like, is the custom like light switches. Light switches have a very you know they all look the same, and these that they display are some artistic. Style. You could put anything over the top of this ion switch and be able to, uh, you know, have. You could even hide uh, it in the wall, so you just see all yeah, wall. So, so there is no switch, and then you just wave your hand, and things come on. There's there's a lot of cool about this. I like that a lot. They, I mean, he goes into this thing about how you reduce reduce germs because there's no, you know, you don't touch anything, and I, I can get behind that. But, but to me, there's, I don't know. That's like a side effect. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool to be able to do this. Yeah, so. and. We're, we're slowly have you noticed that we're slowly turning your house into a smart house drew i think we yeah between all the things that we've covered <laughs> now, now you have wall plates that you know you act as walkway lights and then i have a feeling you might back this where you you have it so actually while, while we're there is this a backtracker sack for you <sighs> you know they are a third of the way to the goal with three weeks to go 260 backers tells me that they've got traction they've got things moving forward and people want to see this happen i feel pretty good that this one will happen and now I just have to decide if I'm backing, you know, one of, the, one of these or two of these. <laughs> and that, for them, um, $40 for their earlies, because there's still a little bit left. On, there's a couple left on those earlies. And then up to $80 for the double bed kit. So you get two switches plus all the accessories so that you can mount them on the sides of your bed. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to decide. So it's a back. Just don't know where. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's back. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whole proponent of turning the house into smart things because that's one thing I find people worry a lot about is like you go on vacation, something you don't know what's going on in your house. You have some, you have a whole smart house like this. It's going to all ding it. And I love all these 
these little little guys that are coming together and you know engineering these ideas so we don't have to worry worry about because i mean like full home automation systems and stuff they can cost a fair amount of money um if you get them by like celestron and stuff like that so these guys you know they're like hey i I figured out a way to do it at a relatively low cost so let's do it and and we're helping somebody put together things you know it's it's their moment for like i made fire and that's that's why i I love it so yeah that's definitely back for me very much very Uh, much yeah so you know what's sad though drew um this is the full episode of the KitCast. Wow, uh, that was fast. Uh, yeah, we went through a lot, and it was an action-packed show. I was almost going to put in a, a whole joke project on there, but we had <laughs> so much good content. I'm we like, didn't have to make stuff up. I'm like, Drew, I I don't have a spot for this. The, you know, It's so jam-packed with actually legit cool stuff that I cannot... Um, I, I cannot give away one of those coveted spots because there's just way too much stuff out here. Agreed, um, agreed. That, that, that's why I love it. So, And plus, I know most people don't like April Fool's things, so I, I, I appreciate it. So if you guys are um, have any projects or have any comments, questions you, you want to know, please send us an email at kickcast.ktdata.net um, or you can also you know like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash kickcast. Oh, the pillows. Thanks for bringing the pillows. I, I love the pillows. This was another Kickstarter project. Uh, on there so you you can go over there we we post articles and stuff and i i love sharing ideas and everything out there um if facebook's not the thing there's always the tweeter right here um you can follow um the show at kitcast or if you want to follow drew and i at night 20 for drew and uh, at kt data for me and you'll get a whole myriad of things on there <laughs> yes yes out we there. cover it all yeah and and if you guys listen to us in some kind of feed on their iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube or not, please hit the subscribe button. I appreciate it. If you do, and if they do reviews, go just leave a review. Even if you don't like the show, go leave a review on there. We, you know, anything at all, I, I appreciate on there. Um, and if you guys want to watch live, you know, I know Laser Norman and uh, Jeff from the Little Big Cast was actually in the yeah, chat room tonight this. having yeah. discussions. Um, he was you, shirking his duties as a student, but still, he was there. <laughs> there's a, there, see. This is where the master and Master Drew comes in, where he's even even when he's not on the clock. Justin, Justin, you shall be doing your homework. Master. <laughs> he's still berating students to get their work done on there. <laughs> um, but you can watch that at live.kickcast.net. Our next live episode will be April 15th, 2014. And for some reason, I think that's one of my family's members' birthdays. So happy <laughs> birthday to whoever you are um, <laughs> on there. Um and if you any of these projects you guys are interested in, just head on over to kickcast.net. We have links to all that good stuff down there. Um, Drew, do you have anything to plug before I forget? Uh, not really, other than look forward to some of my uh, KitCast rewinds. I've got a few projects that have come in lately that I want to show off. So uh, look forward to I'll make some special videos about all the cool things that I've backed and that are seeing reality. Ooh, fancy. And and if you guys check out the Little Bit Cast. Oh, of course, yes. It's good stuff. I love hearing the episodes before they even publish them. And I have fun with that. So make sure you guys pay attention. Um, and guys, please remember, poop, having regular fiber is always good, as Drew knows. Smash time. Yep. And we will talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.